My Mac Podcast 285, The G-Men. Everyone, welcome to My Mac Podcast number 285, 285 shows in the bag. Now, last week, of course, I had Owen Rubin and Mark Rudd, and I really appreciate you guys helping me out. This week, uh, I have somebody new, and hopefully uh, he's going to be a, a regular, And uh, but he's no he's no podcast virgin. He's been doing this quite, quite a while on his own. His name is Gaz Maz. Gaz, buddy, what's up? Good evening, guy. How the devil are you? I have no idea. It's a Thursday night, and it, well, actually, it's a much later Thursday night for you. Uh, you're over there in uh, the UK. Yeah, I'm uh, basically from Northampton, which is in the Midlands of the UK, south of our ex-friend David uh, David Cohen. Uh, yeah. About, about 100 miles south of David, so uh, I'm yeah. waving to David now. Yeah, you could throw a rock and hit him from where you are. <laughs> if, you, if that was something a, you wanted to do. Yeah, that, that's a strong right arm I think I'd need that. <laughs> well, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, quick overview, because I have been on the show before, so some yeah. listeners may have uh, already heard my story, but basically I'm a fairly recent switcher, similar timing to David, actually. Uh, switched over from the PC in about 2007, went over to a Mac Mini, uh, upgraded to a... Um, an iMac, 24-inch iMac, which uh, we can get onto the story of that uh, perhaps in another show because okay. uh, uh, that's uh, quite an interesting story. I bought it off eBay and later found out it was stolen, but more of that <laughs> another time. Uh, and I'm now currently running uh, a Mac Mini and a MacBook, and um, I've pretty much been podcasting here, there, and everywhere. I, I am called a bit of a, a cuckoo by somebody because I seem to pop up on lots of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, what what other podcasts have you done? I, I know you you you've been a, a semi regular on the the I Am podcast. Yeah, that's the I Am podcast. I, I popped up on there occasionally uh, and um, do the odd spot there. Um, I've also done a few reviews on the Mac Review Cast. Um, there's been one or two other um, uh, podcasts that I've uh, crept on. Um, the very first podcast where I was interviewed was actually by Adam Christensen on the MacCast. But the my regular beat um, is pretty much doing a news and views from across the pond segment on Mike Potter's for Mac Eyes Only. Yeah, which uh, is a, which is a really nice podcast for those that, that don't know about it. I, I also like uh, the I Am podcast. Uh, just the way you, the way you guys have that set up. And I guess there's always some kind of code word. So if somebody uses a code word, it's like you just hear all this drink, drink, everybody drink. Yeah, that's that's kind of uh, set up pretty much in the pre-show because obviously they've got lots of uh, people in the chat forum uh, who are listening in to the show live. Um, and it's very often I'm in there. If I'm not actually on the podcast, I'm in the chat. And uh, yeah, I join in with those frivolities when it occurs. <laughs> well, well it, are, are the people in the chat like trying to make them say the word so that they will yes. drink? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's plenty of chat going on in in there and they they encourage uh, encourage the word whatever that word is um, kind of like a, on a regular uh, basis definitely <laughs> there was there was a show with uh, Groucho Marx for people who know who he is um, can't can't think of what the name of the show was off the top of my head but if you said the secret word this big duck would drop down and whoever it was that said it would win a hundred dollars and no, we're not, not we're not going to do that here on this show no and and drinking is is probably not a good idea because I have such a low tolerance for it. 
and it would probably get out of control relatively quickly. Probably. So it, it could become a good idea, but only for a short while. Just, just yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll hold off on the drinking until I, until I can build up a tolerance. Uh, what else do you do besides podcasting? Well, um, uh, gotcha. day, yeah, you have my day to day job. It, it's it's oh, very boring, actually. Pri- I'm, I'm a pricing analyst for the company that I work for, uh, which actually is an American company. Um, that's my day to day nine to five uh, role, uh, as if any job is nine to five these days. Yeah. Um, but pretty much podcasting has become a little bit of a passion, really. I quite enjoy, you know, appearing on shows and doing stuff and um, and just talking. I seem to have a. A well, you're, you're also you're also a rugby player, aren't you? Or well, used yes, to I'm be? I'm a rugby referee. I used to play rugby. Uh, that is certainly something which takes up most of my weekends. Um, a little bit difficult at the moment because, uh, as you know, but listeners may not know, I recently uh, was had a bit um, of a spill. Yes, I had a spill on my push bike. Well, <laughs> the <laughs> ironic thing was, I was actually going to hospital for uh, a physiotherapy on an ankle injury that I'd done several weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was so you so managed was, you managed to hurt yourself on I the way to the hospital yes, to I take care it. of a previous yeah. injury yes i really uh, I, I was actually i, I hope i hope you won't mind i hope you won't mind but if i ever meet you over in england i have absolutely no intention of getting into a car with you <laughs> no it's not that bad it's not that bad honest <laughs> so just don't just don't you know don't get on the back of a push bike with me that's, uh, yeah yeah so that just could, that either stay be, way ahead or way behind could be a completely different conversation of course yeah, yeah. Well, of course, uh, push bike for for our you know American audience is basically just you know your plain old two wheeled cycle. Yeah, bicycle. Bicycle. Yeah. Uh, well, this is a Mac show, and and that probably doesn't come as a surprise to most people. So we should uh, we should probably talk about the Mac a little bit. Probably best. Probably okay. Best. Um, well, uh, one of the things that caught my eye that that was happening over the the last uh, couple of days is that there's been a, a new development release of OS 10.6, you know, Snow Leopard, 10.6.3. And uh, the good news is that there were no significant issues that were issued to the testers from Apple which kind of tells us, you know, it's it's almost ready to pop. Yeah, I I would say it should be coming fairly soon now. I mean, we're we're, we're getting deep into ten point six Snow Leopard, aren't we? And and I know that um, there's been one or two issues with people saying that they wouldn't move from ten point five to ten point six because of compatibility issues. But do you know? Actually, I I did a bit of a search, and I'm not seeing very much in fact i came across a site which had a a graph on compatibility issues with uh, snow leopard and it had nothing on it the site was blank yeah so i guess we could kind of consider uh 10.6 of os 10 to be a a mature product i think it's probably yeah i think that's going to be fairly safe to say it's you know it's still going to have its little foibles but i sure i would say 10.5 probably still got one or two foibles as yeah. as, as most of <laughs> systems has <laughs> if you try really really hard it's easy You'll to break almost anything um well at this point uh gaz do you think it's time that people that are still on 10.5 as long as as long as course as long of course hello as long, of course, that they have an Intel-based Mac, that they should move a, move from 10.5 to 10.6? I think you're always going to get some of those people who will stick with their current operating system. Um, certainly, I think that unless you've heard of any specific um, issues with a particular software that you run, 
that won't run on Snow Leopard, then yeah, or won't I run think, well. I think yeah. I think it's worth moving over. I've certainly found it a little bit faster than originally uh, than um, ten point five, but obviously now I've been running ten point six pretty much you know a few weeks after release, and I think it's more stable. Um, and I say that because <laughs> I've still had crashes, but I've had well, crashes. Now, when you say crashes, you're talking about. Application crashes. Beach ball application crashes. Beach beach balling uh, applications. But to be honest with you, the crashes, and this is going to sound weird. This is, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say here is going to sound really weird. But those crashes seem more stable. (laughs) I.e. Okay. I.e., and I'll, I'll, I'll clarify that a little bit, but I.e., those crashes, they've gone down, I've had a report to send back, and I've been able to open the application again without having to do a reboot. Whereas in Leopard, there were times when I would have to go through a reboot. Um, whereas 10.6, you know, an application crashes for whatever reason, right. um, and I'm able to get back into that application without having to uh, get out of the system and, and get back in. Well, do, do um, you know what I mean by a GSOD? By a what? A GSOC, did you say? GSOD, gray screen of death. Uh, right, okay, yes. Have, have you gotten any in 10.6? Not once the operating system has been up and live, no. Okay, because I know I got I got at least two when I was still using ten point five, and it it just yep. seems like as cause I've been using OS ten since ten point two, which goes back to I think two thousand one two thousand two, a little bit before my time. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> as each version of OS ten has come out. You know, I, I would get a certain number of of gray screens of death, and and for those that don't know what that is, Google it, and it's it's really a horrible thing to see on on your Macintosh screen. But as each rendition of uh, OS ten has come out, the number of those events has has gone down under each you know e- each one of the revisions that came out. So I would say that the one that seemed to the absolute buggiest was, of course, 10.2, where I would get one like maybe once a month. But by the time I was in 10.4, 10.5 land, there was, you know, it would happen like maybe once during the course of the lifetime that I was using that OS. And with 10.6, I haven't gotten any at all. But, you know, like you, I've also gotten, you know, beach balls under various programs, mostly, um, Final Cut Pro, it's happened a few times, and iTunes is 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 a big big beach ball fan. Oh yeah, I've got. I must say, actually, the one the one downside moving up so far has been iTunes, and a lot of but a lot of people. Uh, what's its current build? What's it's actually building now? I think it's, it's uh, nine oh four. Yeah, so, sorry. What uh, it's not Cocoa, is it? It's um, no, it's Carbon. Carbon, and now I've heard a lot of people talking about you know when is it going to move over to carbon? But you know, for for Apple to move it over, I think is um, is going to be a big job because they've got to make sure that iTunes works. Because if that fails, yeah. you know, it's going to cost no. them a lot of money. Well, and and they still have you know, there's still very many users that are still using PowerPC machines. Of course, so they of course. can't. Yeah. yeah, they can't leave them behind. Of course, of course. Yeah, I think um, I, certainly iTunes is is one thing that where I think it's the one application where I see the beach balling most. But I will say that it normally recovers. Yeah. Well, w- were there any applications in particular besides iTunes that you had some problems with with Snow Leopard that you didn't have with Leopard? 
Um, I think actually, since I've had Snow Leopard, Snow Leopard Garage Band hasn't crashed on me. Whereas I did have a couple of crashes with Garage Band under um, under Leopard. Okay, well, do you do you think that you know because when Snow Leopard was released, it was it was you know so cheap and there were there were absolutely you know or very very few new you know, gigas or whatever you want to call them, you know, new fantastic user interface <laughs> things or, you know, it was, it was basically, they just said, okay, well, if you're running an Intel Mac, you should be running this because it has the latest and the greatest optimized for Intel based processors. It was almost like, and this was one of the criticisms that I, I was reading online. It was almost a, a windows like service pack. If you were running a, an Intel Mac, but you had to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, every single version of OS X that's come out that, that, you know, since I've been using it has been $129 US or $199 US for the five license family pack, which I always got because I've got about a billion machines here. So when they came out and said, okay, it was going to be 29, 29 bucks for the single user and I think it was $49 for a five user pack, that, that was almost a no-brainer. As, you yep. know, I mean, it's just so cheap. Yeah. And considering how well it's now running, you know, you know, like you were saying, there's always going to be the odd little thing that happens with any new OS. But I think Snow Leopard has been a, a relatively stable release almost from day one. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And, and it's, but it's, it's difficult for some people to say, well, what am I getting? What am I getting to move over? And, and that is relatively difficult for even the price of $29. But, I mean, 30 bucks. it's not a lot. There is more stability. I think that a lot of the APIs which are sitting underneath, and, of course, there's 64-bit that's uh, thrown in there as well. Right. Are you using that? Um, with some of the applications, yes, but I'm not using it all the time because I've still I'm still got a few applications that are obviously are still 32 bit only. 32 bit, yeah. yeah. Well, now the uh, the next Worldwide Developers Conference is coming up in August, and I imagine they're going to talk about the next version of OS 10, or you know, depending on what direction that they take the Macintosh, maybe the, it'll be called something else. What do you think could be added? To, to OS X that could make it a, a must-have kind of upgrade for the typical Mac user? That, it, that's really difficult. That is really difficult. And one of the, one of the things that I, I certainly think that you're going to see more um, touch interface APIs coming out in the next, the next release, but I think that's for more future processes that they're going to get involved with. One, things, one of the things that I'd like to see is for it to be... This is going to sound again a little bit odd, but I suppose I could. <laughs> well, I suppose, now I'm used to that already. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose one of the things I could say is that I think it's going to be even more intuitive. I wouldn't say intuitive because the operating system is relatively intuitive. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's very difficult um, to tell somebody who is a PC user, just come over, you'll just find it so much easier. Because those people have been on Windows a long time and they know their way around. Yeah. But to come across, you know, it is pretty painless, to be honest with you. But I've got a feeling that they should, that some of the things that they need to move forward is to make the whole process more intuitive. Now, it's difficult to define that. I'm not a developer. I'm not, you know, I, I don't write. Um, uh, and you don't play one on TV? <laughs> no. 
Um, but I think that it's the likes of when you're using an application and then when you want to do something else in that application, I'm sure there's going to be ways that they can make that more intuitive to, to assist you to go where you need to go and point you in the right direction, much like search is, has moved on. Well, you know, you start typing in Google and it'll finish your sentence for you. Right, right. Well, they, they sort of have that in the Finder, but you know, if there was if there was one thing that has been lacking in Apple's development of OS X, in my opinion, has been the Finder. Now, there's there's a couple of programs out there. I think there's one called uh, a Better Finder, and I, I'd have to I'd have to look it up. I, I, I should have should have had that already, but I don't. But well, there's, there's a couple of cool, yeah, Pathfinder. <laughs> um, all of these try to take the finder in a slightly different direction. Now I know with Pathfinder it almost looks it looks very very similar to iTunes in the way that you you kind of move around the different areas of of your machine. Have have you used Pathfinder? No, I haven't. I've seen plenty of shots of it, but I I haven't used it. One thing I like to do is stick with what comes with the machine. Mm-hmm. I don't like spreading my, my wings too much, especially when it comes to course, what I would deem to be core services like that. But yeah. I've got to agree with you. I, I, I understand where you're coming from because Finder does need to... I think it's starting to look a bit dated. Yeah, and well, well it, <clears throat> now if you go back to, to when OS X first came out, uh, as compared to where it started from, and, and old-time Mac users will know what I'm talking about when I when I say OS 7 through OS 9, the Finder in those. And if you looked at that as compared to OS 10 when it first came out, OS 10 was just like, wow, this is, you know, yeah. unfortunately at the time, you know, 10.0 and 10.1, it was it was mostly flash and no sizzle. So, you know, as time has gone on, the, the sizzle's kind of caught up with the flash and now, you know, the flash is starting to look like, well, okay, we've been seeing this now for almost 10 years. It, I, but even to me, one thing that when I moved across from um, from the PC to the Macintosh, or Mac, as I perhaps should call it. Um, <laughs> you can call it anything but late for dinner. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was slightly disappointed with was the Finder in comparison to Explorer. Yeah. Um, because the search capabilities, and there were, there were just little things which niggled me. Um, I'm now used to it, and I can live with it, but it's not as polished as it certainly could be. So certainly uh, moving forward, that, that would be a biggie. That well, would be a biggie. Do, do you think that Apple's maybe falling asleep at the switch with all the distractions from some of the various consumer devices that they've been making? I I wonder whether that's a perception we have because, you know, Apple have have got a lot of balls in the air now, but they're starting, you know, I think they've realized that they need to put the resources, or they know that they've got to put the resources in place. And I wonder whether with all the other items which are happening with the iPad, with the ongoing iPhone, because it's still, the iPhone still collects a lot of news. Oh, yeah. Um, with, with Steve Jobs being there, coming back, etc. I, I, then moving on to the unibody um, Mac, I think there's a lot of press attention on those things, and we haven't seen a lot of attention on the OS. So I'm not sure whether that's our perception 
that they're perhaps falling off the switch of making sure the development is continuing or whether it's actually happening because obviously we won't know really until you start speaking to developers um and they normally tend to keep quiet because they're under any <laughs> yeah because if, if they do say anything they get in big trouble Absolutely, and, <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't come out until we, you know, until we have the Worldwide Developers Conference. Right, and obviously last year's was pretty much based around and talking about um, Snow Leopard. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that might be a little bit harsh. I'd like to see what happens with Apple because uh, um, when it comes to the operating system, I'm sure that they're still working on it. Yes, they've got their mindset elsewhere, but they've got their different departments. I would say that um, I'd, I'd like to save judgment on that until later on in the year. Okay. Well, something you, you said earlier, and I was going to get back to it and forgotten, so I'm going to do it right now. Uh, you were saying that one of the things that you'd like to see in in a future version of OS X is more touch commands and, and ways to to use your computer where you're not necessarily using the mouse and you're not necessarily using the keyboard. Now, right now... The, the only devices they have that, that do that is, of course, the iPhone and the iPod Touch and the upcoming iPad. There's no, you know, other than, than well, some I'm of the stuff disagree. you can do with the trackpad. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, I, I think actually, I, I think that's what we're going to see in the operating system for future development of the operating system. Because I, I, I wonder whether, I, I mean, we've already seen the trackpad on the, on the notebooks getting bigger and bigger. Sure. And now we, and now we have the mighty mouse, uh, sorry, the magic mouse, um, which obviously is its own little trackpad as well. And, and that's one thing that I'm a little bit disappointed with, with the fact that you need to go and get a third party preference pane to be able to use more um, of Functionality, the yeah, the capability of that uh, that device, and I'd like to see Apple obviously moving forward on that, and I think we will see things like that. Um, I'm, I'm less inclined to think you'll get things like um, a lot of touch interaction for your screens because you know it's just not going to happen. It, you, you're not going to sit um, and obviously move your hand. And, and start touching the screen. The only devices that are going to do that really are your iPad, i your iPod Touch, and the iPad. Sorry, the iPhone, right? Uh, the iPod Touch and the iPad. Well, at least in the Apple universe. Now, there's a, there's a couple of machines out by you know Dell or HP that have a, a touch screen interface directly onto a to a large <coughs> monitor. But quite honestly, I haven't heard about these machines making any real traction at all. I, I just can't – you know, I, the only way you're going to use those is if you're stood up right in front of the devices because any monitor on pretty much anybody's screen is set back. And unless you've got ape-like arms – Hello, and, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so unless you're like Guy, then you're just not going to use it. <laughs> But you know, it's little it's little things like the touch interaction between the the, the magic mouse and the, and the trackpad. And to be honest with you, there's there's apps um, which I I've just really started using because I was thinking about the interaction between the iPad and my Mac. Let's say if you know if you've got a, a Mac Mini and using it as a media center, then obviously being able to use the iPad as a keyboard. Oh sure. Uh, you know, and, and interacting with it if you've got it hooked up to your TV. And so I've just come across a couple of apps which I've put on my iPod Touch, and I can use my iPod Touch wirelessly linked up to the Mac Mini 
and use that trackpad as well. So I think there's lots of things which, uh, you know, I think could be coming into the next OS. And do you, do you think these are some of the things they'll talk about at the uh, developers conference? I'm not sure they'll be talking about them too much. I think they'll just put them in there. And then just say, okay, here's our new stuff. Yeah. Any, any hardware that you think we'll see there? Wow. Um, I yeah, think I know. I just throw them right at you. Yeah, you do. I think, I think we'll be seeing hardware before the conference. Yeah, I've, I've heard rumors of uh, new MacBook Pros coming out and possibly uh, new Mac Pros. Which are I, I wonder whether all Apple, out of my price range. Yeah, I wonder whether Apple actually—that's true. Yes, because that is that is that is kind of aimed at a development market. But you know, all of the machines now are so powerful, guy, aren't they? You know, yeah, they are. Aren't many of the machines that can't do most jobs pretty satisfactorily? No, because right now you're you're using what a Mac Mini to, to yep. do all this. Okay, yep. I, I'm on a th- I'm I'm on a three and a half year old, twenty uh, four inch Intel iMac, and you know, other than some some memory and a larger, <clears throat> lar- excuse me, larger hard drive, I've added nothing to this machine. I mean, it, it, it three and a half years later, it's still just doing everything I throw at it. I mean, here I got GarageBand open, I've got Wiretap Studio open, I've got you know browser windows open, I got iTunes open, I got all this stuff going on, and it's just it's just rolling right along. Yeah, well, that was one of the things that actually was one of the reasons I moved across originally because I, I got a secondhand um, Mac Mini, which was a Power PC 1.4, I think it was. Yeah, the G4. Yeah, and uh, I, I put Leopard on it in October 2007, and it ran it, and that, I said that was it. From that point forward, I thought if this older machine, it wasn't so old then, but it was a couple, you know, it was still a year and a, you know perhaps a couple of years old. Yeah, it was at least two um, years old if it, if it was a G4. Yeah, and it, it could run, it could run, you know, the latest operating system, whereas, you know, you just swap back to the PC world, you know, all of the updates that you know, I was going to have to do for XP and then obviously Vista. For Vista, was, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, Vista, Vista was a marketing was a marketing nightmare because yeah. they, there were all these machines, a lot of, some of them even knew, where they said, okay, it's Vista ready, and then Vista came out and it wouldn't run it. I, I wonder whether actually the the next WWDC is going to be a, they're, they're going to be talking about a lot of optimization. They're going to be a, a, a few small updates, and there's going to be some some niche items in there that developers can get hold of and create great applications for us. But there's hopefully going to be a lot of optimization because I mean it's a really clean as we've spoke about earlier. It's a clean operating system now, and it works smoothly, smoothly and effortlessly. Um, <clears throat> but as long as they keep up on that and <laughs> don't get too much gloat, and that's one thing they're probably aware of, and that's why we don't see an awful lot of things like Finder being becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Because yeah. obviously things like that will actually slow the process down, uh, the operating system down. Yeah, because if it's if it's spending a lot of time, you know, searching through all of its you know various bits and pieces every single time you like you click on a different part, yeah, that that's taking away cycles from the CPU. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of sponsors, which we didn't do, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, this Excellent podcast, timing. oh yeah, this this podcast is sponsored by Otherworld Computing. Please go to maxsales.com. We love them over there. And one of the things that really makes 
OWC different from a lot of other manufacturers? If if you're a relative novice and, and you don't really know much about your Mac, it's easy to find the stuff that you can use for your Mac. They have a matrix that will take you from start to finish all the way down to make and model and when it was bought. And you can find the hard drives for it. You can find the RAM for it. They've got videos to show you how to put it in. They got all this great stuff. And I, I know we were talking before we started the show that you were wishing that that OWC had a a, a London branch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I often go to OWC to check out some prices, and there's there's one or two products on there. Um, certainly, the Mercury Caddies that I have is is something that uh, can I use the word desire over sometimes. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, but what kills it for me, obviously, is that transportation, but over to the UK, and then I've got I've got possible tax issues when it comes in through customs. But if I lived in the states, I'd be using OWC definitely. Yeah, I've I've got a story about shipping something over to uh, the UK that. That we'll talk about after we come out of the break. So I'm going to hand this over to Tim, and Tim is going to tell you some one more wonderful things about OWC. Go, Tim. Hey, everyone. Thanks a lot, Guy Gaz. Uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the the very nice intro there. Appreciate it. I want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, Otherworld Computing and a really cool product. It's the OWC USB to DVI HDMI VGA display adapter. What's all those acronyms mean? Well, let's say you have a Mac. Let's say on that Mac you want to run multiple monitors, up to four. All you have to do per USB port is add one of these OWC USB adapters and you can plug in up to four, yep, four monitors. What's that do? Well, not each monitor is going to show you the same thing. You can set it up to mirror. In other words, whatever you see on one display, you see on the other display. No, that's not as, uh, that's not really what I would do. What I would do is extend your display using this. In other words, let's say you're using Photoshop and you want to get the graphic as large as possible on your screen, but what about all those tool palettes? Well, with multiple monitors, you could take all those tool palettes and put them on what I call a side card monitor, put them all over there, and your main display right in front of you is just the work area, just the picture. Works really, really well. I do this a lot when I'm writing and I need to have other material up on the screen at the same time if I'm referencing something. So I'll have a couple different web pages open on the second monitor and my text editor open up on the main monitor so I can really work multiple monitors at the same time. Makes productivity go way up, at least for me. It's not for everybody, but this is a great deal right now. It's still on sale. You might want to jump on it before it comes off sale because once it goes away, you got to pay regular price, which is $89.99. But right now, $62.50, we'll ship it out to you the same day. Go up to www.maxsales.com and check it out. And while you're out there browsing the internet, stop by iTunes, do a search for OWC Radio, and make sure you download the latest edition of the OWC Radio podcast, hosted by yours truly. Thanks for listening, and now back to Gaz and God.
Well, thanks very much, Tim, and OWC over at MaxHouse.com. Guy. Yes. Uh, it, just before the break, you mentioned something about, well, something about shipping, something to the UK. You had problems? Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, yeah, probably didn't want to go into another Macworld story, but while while Tim, David, and I were at Macworld, of course, Tim was there, you know, with OWC, and, and David and I were representing MyMac.com along with uh, Owen Rubin and Mark Rudd. Um, I, I had a little problem. I had this, I had, you know, I was doing most of the video that, that you guys probably saw on the site. Yeah. And I had an external hard drive that I had to move everything over to because I was running out of room on my, on my MacBook Pro. And I could not get the damn thing to mount on my desktop. And I tried everything. And it turned out it was, you know, I just didn't have the right cable. Well, David Cohen had a cable. It was just this little four-inch USB to micro USB cable that would work for that particular little Toshiba drive it can into be the, my it computer. It can be the simplest thing which foils you at times, can't it? Yeah, well, that's a story of my life sometimes, I think. <laughs> so David was kind enough, and, and this particular cable he used for a different device. He was kind enough to let me use it and, and yep. use it for the rest of the show. The problem was he wanted it back because it was also a cable that only worked for one of his devices. So he had to have it back. And I, I had to promise him because he left before the show was over that, you know, once I got back to, you know, the East Coast that I was going to I was going to put this this cable into a bag or something and, and ship it to him. It's, and, it's funny. Things like that are like gold dust and you become, you know, they become like friends. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it even matched the device yeah, that he right. had. I, I think yeah. that's what it was. It was because it was color coordinated. We know David and his color coordination. <laughs> So, um, on a Sunday, I, I went over to uh, a little local place that, that does shipping because I didn't feel like going all the way down to the UPS store, and I was going to try to ship this thing out. Unfortunately, they were closed, so I ended up having to go to Office Depot, which here in the States allows you to ship things out via UPS. And, oh, my God, what a pain in the neck. I mean, I had to do this, and I had to do that. As soon as I hit the little button that said, oh, it's not going someplace in the States, it's going to the U.K., it was like all these red lights started flashing all over the place. <laughs> and I could see people peeking around the corner and reaching for their weapons. You know, yeah, this did is you the have US. to take your shoes off? Uh, no, no, but uh, they, they, did, they did insist on a urine test. It's but that, that's, a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, let's not so, go there. So let's not go there. So I filled out all the paperwork. And I, I put this cable in a little bag, and I give it to the lady, and she says, "Okay, well that'll be thirty-eight fifty." And I looked at her. I said, "Excuse me, what thirty-eight fifty? She said, "Yep, thirty-eight fifty." I said, "It's, it's a four-inch USB cable. It's, it's going over to the UK, you know." She, it's a, and she's like, "Well, that that's what the machine is telling me. It's still thirty-eight fifty. It's it's still thirty-eight fifty, sir." So it's like, uh, okay, I'd promised David I was going to ship him this cable, so I gave him a thirty-eight fifty, and and. You know, patted myself on the back for a job well done and for being such a great guy, you know, keeping my word. And I went home and didn't think about it until I got a call two days later from UPS down at the, the main UPS depot that I had tried to avoid in the first place, saying that they could not ship it because it was missing paperwork. So I had to take time off from work, go down, <laughs> go down to the main UPS store that I didn't want to go to in the first place. And, you know, and then even better, they couldn't find the uh, 
the, the little bag that the cable was in. It yeah, took them like 45 I can you, minutes. I can imagine you standing at the counter, drumming your fingers on the, on the, on the desktop while it's, it's here somewhere, sir. It's here somewhere. Yeah. No, I swear it's really here. And for those people who don't know me, I'm about six foot six and about 300 pounds. So I can be, I can be rather an imposing presence, though I, I try not to be most of the time. So they finally find it and there's more paperwork to fill out, but they didn't charge me any more money. So, you know, when we were talking about how difficult it can be to ship things and how yeah. expensive it can be to ship things from, from here to the UK. Now, now you guys have the com, you know, European common market. Does, would I have had this same type of problem if I was shipping it to, like, France or Spain or Germany or anything like that? Well, if you post stuff out of the UK, the Royal Mail that we've got is pretty good. They're pretty – especially if it was a small item, I could have just popped it in a jiffy bag, put the address on, paid at the counter, and it had gone. It had been fairly easy. But, no, if you're if – you're, if you're, <laughs> If you are shipping stuff away, it can get a little bit complicated. But as soon as you go outside the EU, it does become a little bit more complicated. But with a small item like that, yeah, I'd have just used the Royal May Posted Service because they're pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it was just so ridiculous. They, they wanted to know the country of origin and you know, how much it was worth <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and uh, you know, who its grandfather was. Can, and it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Oh, it's just that. a cable for the love of God. What do you want from me? <laughs> Oh, oh my God. But David got his cable. Yes. Yeah. I got an email from him the other day saying that that he got his cable. And I made sure that he knew. (laughs) Well, if he didn't, then he does now. Yeah. I I had to let him know. I I went the extra distance to get you this four-inch cable, David. By (laughs) God, you've got that cable. You'd have probably been cheaper than just sending the money to buy a new device, whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it was another hard drive, so it still would have been a little expensive. But, I mean, just the frustration factor alone is like, what, it's 120 bucks? Here, here, take, here's a check, okay? (laughs) Take it. Rob me blind. Not not David, of course, but no, 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 no. UPS and, and whoever it is that decides what the postal rates are going to the UK. Damn you all to hell. <laughs> okay. Uh, getting on to, to, to now for something completely different. Um, f- for those who have been living in a cave for a while, there's a company called Valve, who's a, it's a big PC gamer. And they're, they're getting ready to bring Steam to the Mac. And when I originally wrote the show notes, I said, this is a rumor. Well, it's not a rumor anymore. Valve is coming to the Mac. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty big, so I hear. <laughs> what, did, you play, did you play any uh, PC well, games? Well, that's one of the things, really. I, if I think back, I'd, I'd be fairly honest with you. I didn't play a lot of games on the PC. I mean, the last game I really got in, heavily into was the original Far Cry game. Um, and I recently released myself from the grip of the world of goo. <laughs> oh, that is a great um, game. And, and I've got to admit that I'm, I'm still awaiting the entr- entrance of Diablo 3 because there was an awful lot of talk about that. And, you know, it's, I think it's still under development. But certainly this game portal is much like the um, Apple uh, App Store almost for, for games. And it seems to have done a really good job when it comes to um, letting PC guys, uh, users of PC, get hold and be able to play games. Um, so Steam, but Steam was relatively new to me because obviously I'd come over to the Mac and I hadn't used it. Um, well, I'm not sure whether it was about really a couple of years ago when I was on the PC. Right. So I'd never really heard about it until until you mentioned it, to be honest with you. But it looks like it is um, a big deal. 
Oh, it's huge. I mean, and now you have to remember that that some of these games, actually most of these games, have been available for a very long time. You know, the original Half-Life and Half-Life 2, uh, Left 4 Dead, you know, Left 4 Dead 2 came out, I think, um, was 6 to 12 months ago. Team Fortress 2, Portal, as you said. They haven't quite said, as far as I know, exactly which games they're going to release for the Mac. But quite honestly, just having having the type of delivery system yep. that Valve brings with Steam where you can basically go into it and say, well, I want to see what's available. So it's almost like, yeah, it's like you said, it's almost like the App Store where you can kind of parouse the games that they have, uh, download them, and you know, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your own home. No, that's um, that's. I think that's pretty big. If it, it, especially if they're going to start uh, moving, you know, you're going to get releases of games at the same time. Um, I, I'm pretty well, sure. <laughs> I, I, go on, sorry. I was going. Well, I shouldn't have interrupted you. Um, considering that that most of the PC titles that you know, well, number one, most of the PC titles never make it to the Mac, but the ones that have made it to the Mac, it's usually anywhere from six months to, to two years before, you know, they finally come over. And, you know, the the, the guys that, that do play Mac games, say, wow, we got this game. And the PC guys are kind of looking back and yawning and rolling their eyes. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's so new. You yeah, know, I think yeah. I stopped playing that online about six years ago. But, <laughs> hey, welcome. Hey, you got a game now, not just Photoshop. So... <laughs> You know, I, this is this is you know, and and there's there's a couple reasons that I think that this is going on now. Number one, um, Macs are now using Intel processors, so yep. we're on the same general hardware as as the PC. Well, remember when um, the Mac first went over to Intel? What was one of the best machines to run Windows? Was a Mac? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. in, in a lot of ways, it still is. Now, yeah. you know, on I've got a, a a one terabyte drive here. This is a two point one six gigahertz twenty four inch G uh, G four God Intel Intel based Mac Core two Duo, and I I just recently picked up an an OEM version of Windows seven Pro. Yep. Installed that. Now I had XP, and I had gotten. I, I can't remember where I got it. It was a legal. It was a legal version of Vista that just like sucked eggs. You know, I so just did you install it under boot camp or? Yes, I did. Right, and of course I can also run it under uh, VMware's Fusion because VMware VMware Fusion will look at the boot camp partition and you know play it within. <clears throat> sorry, play it within OS X, and and I have like a little you know Ubuntu Linux. Um, uh, Little, you know, where I can run Linux under yeah. VMware too. If yeah. I, I, I hardly ever use it, it hasn't been updated in probably a year and a half. But of course, if you're going to run Windows, the absolute best way to do it, where you're going to get the best performance, is going to be Boot Camp because yeah. you don't have yeah, all the overhead definitely. of OS X running at the same time. But if if you need to run Windows and and your requirements aren't that great, of course, VMware Fusion or uh, Parallels, which version five is supposed to be really really nice. Uh, we'll run it just fine. So you can play most of the PC games uh, depending on, on how you have your bottle set up for Windows because you can assign it a certain amount of memory, how many cores, and all yeah. the rest of that. Yeah. So the higher you set those, you know, the better your experience is going to be. But still, the best way to do it is through Boot Camp. 
It still seems sacrilege, though, doesn't it, to uh, to get a Mac yeah. and then run Windows on it? But, yeah, uh, sometimes but we, it does. But we were talking about those games, weren't we? So let's. Uh, oh, oh yeah. So I've got the orange box for the PC for Windows, and prior to this announcement, if I wanted to play them, and you know, I typically didn't do it under VMware because it just wasn't, you know, everything was just really kind of slow. So I would go into Boot Camp and I'd play it there, and when ten point 10.6 first came out. This was this was one of the failings of um, Apple. They didn't really update the drivers, the Windows drivers in Boot Camp. And I think Microsoft came out with Windows 7 in October, and they really only updated them. I think in February. Yeah, so it was, was fairly recently, wasn't it? Was yeah, it was like four or five months mm-hmm. before they updated the drivers in Boot Camp. And I've got this. This 22-inch Acer monitor as kind of a sidecar monitor here on my computer, and when I looked at Windows 7 or and Vista and XP before that on my 24-inch iMac, it just looked like garbage. But oddly enough, on the on the Acer 22-inch monitor, it looked great. So there was there was something about the the video drivers yeah, for yeah. the Apple Display that just wasn't up to snuff for for. You know, using Boot Camp, but it, it worked great for my other, you know, for my other monitor. So I'm not sure what was up with that. Have Have you had uh, any desire to to try to run Windows Seven? Have you Have you had a chance to take a look at it? Um, I, <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. I, when I first moved over to the Mac, I, I did try um, some VMware's, and I also tried the Sun version as well, which is the yeah the free box. one. The virtual yeah. box, which which did a you know half decent job, so I did run Windows occasionally, but right. I, I've really kind of stopped doing it now. When it comes to the use of Windows Seven, yes, I've seen it, I've had a quick play, but we're actually moving over at work to um, Windows Seven in September. We're all getting basically oh. we're, we're having change of, of PCs across the organisation, and we're going to be going fully on Windows Seven. So to be honest with you. I'm saving the luxury until then, guy. <laughs> to get yeah, to get a little more experience on you, you're, you're lucky because really where I work, where I work, we're it. still we're still using uh, we're still using XP. Yeah, we are. We are. And IE six. <laughs> Let me say that again. IE six, which Microsoft I, I, just had a funeral for. Yeah. My God. It wasn't until recently that we moved on to um, uh, IE. It's on IE eight now, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think they had a beta or beta, however, however yeah, you guys beta. say. You say beta, I say beta. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. <laughs> of uh, Internet Explorer 9, which is supposed to – you know what? This is a Mac show. I'm not going to talk yeah, about let's, let's, Internet let's, Explorer. Let's move on. We've we come down too far the windows. Let's oh, stop. we are so far into the weeds that – uh, hush, hush our mouths. Yep. I, th- I think it's time to put this one to bed. It's time yeah. to put this one to bed. This is okay, uh, what was the first show. The first show for for you and me. Hopefully, one of many. Yep. And uh, I want to talk real quick about what's coming up next week. Uh, hopefully, we have uh, Steve Hammond, who's a listener from uh, Canada, will be our first listener invite of you know with you and me doing the show together. Fabulous. And uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking to him. I haven't had a chance to talk to him other than email. And that's not a great conversation, although email it can be a good conversation, but it's better to speak to somebody in person. Yes, I agree. So for, for Gaz and myself, I want to wish you all a good night, and we'll see you next week. Have a great one, guys. Cheers, guy. See you, everyone. 
And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send off feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.